1: Again fellow basement dwellers This is your good friend Patrick O'Dowd Welcoming you in To the final episode of the third year Of Bandwagon Nerds Bandwagon Nerds of course Is on the Chairshot Radio Network Part of thechairshot.com Where we remind you to always use your head The Chairshot.com, Always use your head and that's right. Today's episode marks the conclusion of three years on the bandwagon. I have with me a full bandwagon, the regular complement of nerds that have been here as of late. We'll start, though, by welcoming in the other OG, the man who's been here since episode one, Mr. David Ungar, the lawyer himself. Happy three years on the bandwagon, Dave.
0: 3 years on the bandwagon. I guess it's better than 3 years on the wagon. But uh you know I That's true. Well, you can always fall off the wagon. That's true. That's true. But uh yeah, it's it's uh, remarkable. 3 years of 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 tremendous uh coverage of gosh all sorts of stuff and I'm thrilled to be here with you fellas for the end of season 3, year 3, whatever you want to call it.
1: Absolutely. I think you're the only one who calls it a season, by the way.
0: well if wwe if wwe has seasons then we can have seasons too. Uh,
1: see it took you less than two minutes in this fucking show to bring up wrestling again it's like it's like our wrestling hockey podcast that we had yesterday too uh that was that was nice anyway let's get to the other members of the bandwagon before i turn to curmudgeony and start airing grievances and all of that fun stuff we're gonna do this in order of length, uh, years, uh, episodes of service—not years of service, episodes of service. So number two on the bandwagon, since I don't know two and a half years worth of episodes ish, sister Saturday Night, the live studio audience himself, Easy Tony. Happy year three.
2: Yeah, I. You should you should have done this next week to kick off the fourth season.
1: Well, no, because here's the thing is we all know that next week we're going to get new intro music anyway, because that is what Dave does. So I don't want to steal that thunder. So I decided to fanfare and celebrate the end of year three and Dave can usher in year four because I'm magnanimous in my curmudgeony.
2: I'll drink to that.
1: There you go. And we would be remiss if we also didn't welcome in the studio audience's favorite son, the Reverend Raymond S. Cashington the Third Esquire. Welcome on to the program, Ray. Oh, there they are. The Boo Birds won't stop. You know what? It's been three years of this, though. So welcome back onto the program.
3: Thank you so much. It's good to be here. It's happy third to all of you gentlemen. Um, it is an honor and a pleasure. And just like in wrestling, when Kurt Angle gets... Oh the you suck chance that's what i
4: feel
3: you boo me because you love me
1: it was a it was a good uh it was a good day for me yesterday despite uh you know we're recording on sunday i had a bad saturday sports-wise but and the in the realm of sound bites, I got I got some new weapons this week, so that's exciting. I, I got I got a couple of uh, responses when I feel lukewarm about things. I've got I've got this one. Here comes okay.
4: The- Here we go. Money talks. Here
1: comes okay. The- Don't let me pretend. I, I I recognize the wrestling part of this. I also have the classics.
4: Awesome. I came to do- okay. okay. There's a price to pay. Tough for you to get down on your knees. Okay. 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 Okay.
1: So yeah, it was. I, I'm here. I'm ready. I got. I got mild applause. I got a golf clap from Mr. Cashington the Third. So I'm excited. Uh Global warming is real. It's like 900 degrees out here in New England in November, which is. Odd, don't know how I feel about that, but I'm ready to record and I'm ready to mute Ray as we're we, you know, we are going to talk lock and key season three, episode five. We got some to the park, got around the sphere, and we're going to conclude the show with Dave getting a little pre mad. That is all on the docket today. He's already rolling his eyes, and Uh, I, I'm pre mad about some stuff on this show, too. So it's okay. I think we're all going to be I think we're all going to be in the same place. But before we get to all of that, let's start with shit happening on Lock and Key episode five. Finally, shit happening. Action took place Uh, like there was literally like next to no plot involved in, in episode five of Lock and Key season three. As the secret of Dodge gets quickly figured out and revealed we quickly finally we finally out. quickly figured out it's like when we look at the body Bodie like tries to lie for like five seconds or sorry dodge Bodie tries to lie for like five seconds then holds a knife to mama's throat uh and then you know everybody's kind of coming together the the big revelation quote-unquote revelation is that dodge is trying to stop the big bad demon allegedly i don't know if i believe her but you know that's that's what that's what she's saying and we get this big showdown between the Locke family and Dodge, with uh, the leader guy, Demon, who I can't remember because Gideon. it wouldn't be an episode of Bandwagon Nerds, Gideon. if I didn't Gideon. So Dave remembered. Drink everybody. I was you know trying to do a callback, Dave, and, and you you know drink your yeah whatever that is. Uh, but yeah, so Gideon and his lackeys they they finally come after the house to try and take as many keys as they can. We do get a revelation as to what the full impact of the time key is uh, and that hourglass that's, you know, draining time uh, in the clock uh, as we learn that anybody who's brought back from the past as a result of the time key goes back and disappears as if they were never there uh, when the hourglass runs out. Of course, in this You know, tense, climactic moment where Dodge in the body of Bodhi is about to stick the alpha key into Gideon and defeat him. The sands of the hourglass disappear and Bodhi, of course, disappears, too, because everything terrible is happening now that uh, Gideon has all the keys. We, you know, we learn that he's going to try to merge his world with our world in an effort to kind of destroy it and take it over. Boy, I sure hope that doesn't happen, you guys. And yeah, the rest, I mean, most of the episode was just a lot of action, a lot of running around trying to stop shit. So Dave, Tony, anything you pulled out of Lock and Key Season 5, Episode 3, as last week we set a a land speed record for how fast we got through the episode review, this week feels faster. Tony, you dropped the
0: microphone. Tony, drop it down, baby.
2: I watched it this morning, so I'm I'm not too far off of watching it. It's just almost over. That's the best part. Um, (laughs) I don't know. What do you really want to say? Dodge has been Dodge the whole time. Dodge wasn't on anybody's side. Dodge was on Dodge's side, period. Dodge is captured by Gideon and needs Gideon's help. Dodge is with Gideon. Dodge gets captured by the locks. Dodge is with the locks. She needs the locks help, right? Gideon gets her down again. You're going to kill her. Here's the keys blah, 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 right? Oh, I know where the keys are. So that's one thing. Um, I, I don't know. It's all pretty, pretty boring. I'm pretty much over it. So I'm probably not the best person to talk about it, but it seemed like a better episode because there was less room for bad acting and poor writing because there was so much action. Um, it is interesting to see now what's going to happen to come out of this big blue hole, right? We got rid of one of Gideon's people into the well, uh, when, uh, when Dodge had the, the key with the wings, So it's it's two on however many and whatever comes out of that hole. So that should be really the main thing that's going to happen this next week. And how do we get Bodie back?
1: Right, got to be careful about things that come out of your hole too. Like that's that could always be dangerous.
2: The butt laws, DWI three forty seven, butt laws. It might be in there. I'm not sure. It's It's true story. Classic. very classic. I is DPP.
0: Very nice, Dave. You got anything to add to this conversation? No. No, I'm just kidding. I got a couple things. Um, yeah, I think I, I this is an okay episode. I mean the the uh, the rapidity in which they figured out the whole thing with Dodge was ridiculous. That was like a, come what
1: I was giving you, was giving you some K's. Oh. since you called it an okay episode. Oh, you just talked. It's okay.
0: Sorry, I I can I can be I can silence myself again if you want to play Tunney's Mag Tuney's Magnum Opus again. I mean that was a. Uh, that is his Ag- thing.
1: That's a that's a that's a bold that's a bold statement. I, I feel like Tony has contributed more than a uh, five second. Here comes the money slash K soundbite. Uh, Ray's shaking like, his head. No agreement, notwithstanding.
0: Um, anyway, continue, I, sir. yeah, the the how quickly they riddled that whole thing out was a little bit absurd. I, I right, that's they rid-
1: stole the shit out of that in like seconds. Yeah,
0: it's like wait a second, that's ridiculous. But I did like I liked the action. Um, they did create some tension. It was, uh, you know, I think the thing about the hourglass. I'm like, you know, that actually makes sense. You know, in a season that hasn't made a lot of sense, the hourgla- hourglass air to prevent a time paradox. Like, you know, that's like Tony's talking about. There's been some poor writing in this season, and I would agree. That's probably one of the examples of some smart writing that they did. To were these books? Yes, comic books, graphic novels, yes. graphic novels. They yeah. were cut. Co- oh. oh, okay. Was there more writing this, than the normal? I don't know if is this there more writing I, than I the normal I,
2: comic book.
1: I, I feel like they've gone away from the source material. I can't, I'm going to actually, I can't uh, remember. The comics
0: wrote. go on for a while. And I don't know if this is a story that's been strictly speaking in the comics or whether they, I I'm guessing they've deviated from the source material significantly I, because it's a, I, it's a critically acclaimed and well-received um series of graphic novels.
1: Okay. Yeah. Written by uh, Joe Hill. Yeah. But
0: yeah, it's going to be, it'll be interesting. I know, you know, if you, you know, just looking at the synopsis for the next episode or the one beyond that, it's like, a, I guess there's one key missing and that's going to be Gideon's kind of like mission in life is to find that last key. I did find it interesting that um, Dodge slash Bodie calls our world meat world. And we didn't quite get, yep. the we didn't quite get the definition of that, but I, I thought of like in Knights of the Old Republic, that Star Wars game that I had number one on our video game list. One of the droids calls us meatbags. Humans are meatbags. So I think there might be some similarity there between the way that the demons probably perceive us as just like cattle to, you know, do whatever they want with. And that's why Gideon wants to uh, open the world up. But yeah, I, how they get Bodhi back, you know, he's coming back and, and, oh, that's, yeah. and that sort of thing. But it was, it was, yeah, it was an okay episode. So here- I like the action.
1: There's- here's what's real I'm here's what's really interesting to me, because I I decided to look up the the comic series. Um all most of the keys that they have that they've used are from the comics. With the exception, and I'm trying to see if there's one that um kind of matches it, with the exception of the last key that they're looking for, the creation key. Mm-hmm. That one I don't see listed anywhere. Um but all of the other ones that are on here, uh, they've used in the show in some way, shape, or form. And there's a ton of keys that they still haven't, that they never got a chance to use in the in the series and the show. So, uh, a lot, a lot, keep, a lot going on there. Sorry, that was good podcasting. Yeah, oh,
0: I just want to know from Ray. Does Ray think they're going to find the crystal ball? No,
1: no, no. Why are you doing that? Why are you entertaining <laughs> that, Ray? You do not answer that question, or I will mute you, sir. Hey, the car's not well. Locked. I'm warning. All right, don't do it. Well, because we're we're about to wrap up this discussion since Dave tried to you know kill it. So, can I just say
3: shout sorry. out to the homie Crystal Ball? Can I just shout out, shout him out.
4: And just,
1: and for good measure, David Ungar, this one's for you. <laughs> it's Tony just for sitting there and laughing. <laughs> and this one goes to the live studio audience for just being in the live studio audience. All of you. Everybody gets booed. You're like... Uh...
2: You're like Billy Crystal in Forget Paris when he loses his mind and kicks everybody out of the game.
1: He throws everybody out of the game, yeah. I love that. I love that. Uh, that movie's an underrated little rom-com, by the way. Uh, enjoy that one thoroughly. All right. Lock a key. Action is picked up. Things are going horribly wrong. The family will have to figure out how to stop Gideon. They've got three episodes, two episodes left to do it. Two or three. How many? Three, two, three, five.
0: Yes, yeah, six, six, seven, and seven. eight. We got three to go.
1: Three episodes to go to figure it out. We're going to take our first commercial break. And then when we come back, we're going to go take a walk into the trailer park. Oh, cleanse the palate after what has just been a rough lock and key season three. You are listening to Bandwagon Nerds here on the Chairshot Radio Network, part of the chairshot.com.
5: What's the easiest choice you can make? Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator
1: Promotional consideration paid for by the following.
2: Hey folks, PC Tony here. Thanks to our new partnership with Angry Lemonade, you can save 10% on physical products and digital commissions using the promo code CHAIRSHOT. Head to angrylemonade.net to check out their amazing catalog of products and services. Use the promo code CHAIRSHOT to save 10%. That's angrylemonade.net.
1: Gentlemen, welcome back to the bandwagon. We have... Entered into the trailer park once again, but in order to do it properly, we need our help from good old David Ungar, the lawyer himself, banjoner, master. I don't even know what I was trying to say there, but whatever it is, master of the banjo, play the beautiful banjo so that Tunny doesn't sing it. All right, welcome back into the trailer park. Gentlemen, let me tell you my favorite part of making the uh, the rundown is forcing you to watch trailers of shows and movies you're never going to watch. And the first two that I have put up here, Tony is already touching his nose because both of these are films and series. Oh, he he's going to watch something. No, not Siri, my phone reacting. Um, But the first two trailers here, I put on purely from me to me. Just for me. Uh, Because it's all about me. Because, you know, I mean, yeah, it's me. Look at that. All me. Anyway, one of the low-key filmmaking uh, countries out there, though, that puts out some really good quality uh, science fiction, fantasy, and horror films is the country of Norway. And in this particular trailer... Netflix is putting out a Norwegian film fantasy film based on a, an important part of their, uh, their folklore and legacy in the film troll and which trolls are basically Kaiju sized creatures disguised as mountains that start waking up and roaming the earth. And there is the, the Norwegian government has employed the help of some young woman, uh, archaeologist to, um, or paleontologist, sorry, she's a paleontologist, to to help them with how to figure out how to stop the threat of giant troll walking through Norway. I put this on here because it looks, I I love giant monster movies. Like, I love Godzilla, and and we don't have a trailer for the next Godzilla film yet, and when that one happens, we'll talk about it. Uh, Despite Aesop's fear, uh, whatever, I think it'll be a good time. This looks like a lot of fun. Jai troll, I love the special effects on this thing. I think that the, the the way that they've made these creatures look and blend in with mountains is is super cool and awesome. And I'm gonna sell it to the point that Tunny and Ray and Dave will probably not watch it anyway, but I'm very excited for this film, even though I'm gonna have to read subtitles to watch it. So which one of you with the funny looks wants to tell me why you're not gonna watch this movie? DuckTales?
2: I would suggest if you wanna if you wanna watch something that you know, is Norwegian. The uh, Eddie Izzard has a special <laughs> from Norway back in two thousand six. It's excellent. He makes fun of the King of Norway and the reason why their ship is still sunk in their harbor. Um yeah. I don't know. This looks interesting. It's a troll movie. I don't know. I don't know much about trolls, but it looked interesting. It was more like a I don't know, an end of the world kind of thing. And but then like, you know, with some ugly dudes and some tall, good looking women.
1: I mean they got some tall good looking women in Norway, clearly. As as evidenced by the film.
2: Mr
3: Caddington
1: I, pro- I probably won't watch. Oh. it. I know. That's
3: okay. I'm I'm actually interested in it. I actually may give it a give it a give it a watch. Um
1: It I might be thought, morning on a Friday, but you know.
3: Yeah, no, it's not like I'm gonna go out of my way to watch it, but definitely it'll be on my list when and one night when I'm bored and I ain't got nothing to do, I'm I'll put it on for sure. Um two things came to my mind watching it first i don't know the lore of whatever this is i know trolls but originally i was like this isn't a troll these are golems because of the
1: rockiness like of." they're it. made of earth and yeah
3: secondly by the way hilarious that the fairy tale we know trolls supposed to be itty beady little things these motherfuckers large which leads to my, to my second point is this tremors meets kaiju
1: in norway I have no idea because the movie itself, like the trailer takes itself very seriously. Like, you know what I mean? Like if you look at the way that they act and behave, the thing about Tremors is, you know, even from the, from the get go, you can just tell that they're not taking themselves too seriously as they talk about Graboids and and all of that. So I don't, I don't know. I, I am intrigued by it because I do think it's interesting that this is a different sort of fairy tale war, and and you you hinted at it. Like my first, you know, inkling of trolls from fairy tales was the Three Billy Goats Gruff and a troll living underneath a bridge. Under
4: bridge this is yeah. very
1: much like if to p- to put a Dungeons and Dragons spin on it, this is very much like what you would see in D and D for a a hill giant, uh, which are literally giants that you know prefer the hills. They don't blend in and look like hills, but um, trolls in Dungeons and Dragons are also swamp-dwelling giant creatures. Like they're not tiny, so it's it's interesting. They're not those kind of trolls, tiny, not troll dolls. So it's it's interesting to see a different take on the lore. Dave, your turn. Comment on trolls and not the Justin Timberlake variety.
0: I, I just love the ringing endorsement Ray just gave. You know, if I'm bored and got nothing else to do one night, I might check this thing. I mean, that is that is an endorsement. Those of an the best with... movies, bro. Norwegian Kaiju. I mean, really, what more do you need to say about it? That that's that sounds like something I want to check out. I mean, trolls. Yeah, trolls have traditionally been thought of as 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 smaller creatures. But then I think of like, you know, the trolls from Lord of the Rings, the trolls in Harry Potter different. This looks like something along those lines, although I think Ray brought up a good point. Uh, stone giant golems that sort of thing so yeah this this trailer i i think i saw it earlier in the week and then you posted it as well pat and it looks like um it's definitely one that's interesting i i would not be in the camp to say oh no i'm not interested in this at all i definitely think that yeah this is one i might want to check out
1: fair well i will definitely check it out as i love anything involving fantastical creatures running amok in the world and it's got to be better than the shitty troll movie from the 80s. And it's not to be forgotten, worst movie ever, Troll 2. If you've never heard of Troll 2, look it up. It's terrible. And like a fun get drunk or high and watch it sort away. It's amazing. All right. This next uh, this next trailer that I put out here, this is a series, it's a BBC series, an uh, adaptation of the Pullman book's Uh, his dark materials season three is the final season of the trilogy. Basically each season of the, the books has been, or each book has been a season with the first being the golden compass, the second being the painless knife. And the third is the Amber spyglass. This is, this is picking up where it's left off. Um, it's been a while since this season, uh, series hit. It's, um, finished its second season. So I'm glad to see that. I thought it had actually been forgotten about, but here we are with uh season three hitting and I'm excited for this because I love, so this is another uh, adaptation filled with allegory and the, in this allegory, it's religious allegory, but uh, these books are notorious for being um, atheist in nature uh, and, and really looking at the world through a different sort of lens and his dark materials as novels were phenomenal. Uh, The golden compass was originally put out as a movie that did not go very well with Nicole Kidman. The series has gone much, much better in my opinion. Uh, I think probably the most famous people that you would recognize in it or no Lin-Manuel Miranda um, was the uh, was one of the major characters as well as, Oh my gosh, his name is eluding me um played Professor Xavier in the new X-Men movies um
3: hey, McAvoy.
1: James McAvoy that's right he plays a prominent role in the in the series as well I uh I actually remember enjoying the the live action series that's happened on HBO so much that I that when I saw this like oh shit yeah I need to go back and rewatch it and catch and remind myself and and I'm happy that I have HBO Max to be able to do that to go and just kind of you know re-acclimate acclimate myself to the first 18 episodes of this series because it was really quite good a um, little more cerebral a little more uh plot less action but a, a series that i would recommend one worth watching so uh we'll start with dave this time dave what I, yeah. do, you, do you know anything about his dark materials no. have you have any of this
0: stuff no, i saw the trailer for season three a few weeks ago they had a like a teaser or something and i i was immediately like wow what show is this this looks kind of cool there's like elements with the animals it feels kind of narnia ish um and, and...
1: Oh, it's they're they're um they're familiars okay oh okay yeah and okay so, anybody who's so played video games th-
0: knows what that is
1: well so the way the lore works in the books see this is what you all have done to me now is whenever, whenever people are born um, in the base world that you know, uh, they have an animal familiar that um, is with them from childhood, and it is an extension of their personality. And as up to a certain point, basically until puberty, that animal shifts and changes into different types of animals based on the personality of the child and, and sort of the development that they're going through before the animal settles on a sort of singular creature and the main character in the books, Lyra, she her she is unique because her familiar doesn't settle for most of the series. And that's one of the big like conceits and mystery is what is her familiar gonna and and the familiars have their own personality, they have their own names. They can do stuff for them. Like her mother has a golden ape that is sinister and is is not um, on the up and up, but it looks amazing, and it's 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 fun. It's the and each of the animals, like I said, they have a shared personality with their with their human, and there's this attempt by a, a, this religious based government to separate children with familiars to see what the result. It's it's really wild. It's it's a really good book. Uh, series and I think are is ones wor- are ones worth watch are worth reading. Philip Pullman, by the way, is an, is the full name of the author.
0: Yeah, I I think it, it's it's a series. Just looking at it without knowing a whole lot about it, I, I'm immediately interested in it because there is that that you know Chronicles of Narnia sort of element to it, which I always like. But it, it it's definitely one that I would say, yeah this this is worth checking out. I just don't know enough about it to render any sort of firm opinion one way or the other
1: they also have intelligent speaking polar bears that fight and wear armor and it. it's well now i'm in it's
0: awesome now i'm in for yeah sure. see
1: great oh, cash yeah. you want to check out some polar bears in armor
0: here's the problem
3: i will yep. be down but but it's fantasy it's much easier for me to catch a movie than it is a series because that and that and that takes a lot of time to really catch it and I'm not a person that's going to, if I'm going to watch a series, I'm going to watch that thing. So I'm not a dude that'll catch an episode here or episode there. If I'm going to watch it, I'm, if it's not episodic, I'm going to binge through it. So this is going to be on the back burner for me. I'm not saying it doesn't look good That's interesting.
1: fair. Yeah. It looks oh, and I, ca- I called the animals demons, or uh, familiars. They're actually called demons in the, uh, in the series. So same sort of idea, though. Sonny, you're going to skip it, I know, because I don't think this is really your bag. So is there anything that you want to say about this thing that you're going to skip? All right. So, one thing, we'll move on to this next one. Definitely check out his Dark Materials if you if you have the time and the inclination and fantasy is your thing. It is a mixture it, it actually reminds me very much of like a Final Fantasy type universe, by the way, where it's fantasy with technology as part of its world. So, very very good stuff. Every time I see an Avatar trailer, I think of PC and here's why because it's a film you have to watch in 3d to truly appreciate we got another trailer for way of the water uh this week it is a a lengthy trailer that once again tells us nothing other than family i felt like i was watching a fast and the furious trailer for a little bit because really what i learned about the way of the water is that it's about family and and like that's really like the big theme that really came out there and it looks very pretty right Like, it looks very, very pretty. So I have already shared that I did not like the original Avatar. I feel like with this being the Bandwagon Nerds podcast, though, we can't not talk about one of the biggest science fiction franchises in all of cinema. Ergo, uh, I will leave it up to the Bandwagon. Who wants to comment on this first, if at all, uh, before we move into the last one? Tony's got his hand up. Go for it.
2: I actually seen a trailer for this. I think it was when I went and saw Thor Love and Thunder in 3D. So I seen the 3D -hmm. trailer for this and man, yeah, it looks spectacular. I don't know that it's any better than the first one. Um, I'm sure it's come a little bit, but I know the technology then was damn near the same as it is now, if I'm not mistaken. So so I, I just I've never really been a fan of this movie or this series or whatever they're doing. It looks spectacular. Don't get me wrong. And if you're going to go see it and it's available in 3D when you can go, definitely make that the option you pick if available and, and, and you know, fits with your schedule. But that's about it for me.
1: And speaking of schedule, pack a lunch because that thing is three hours plus long. So be ready to go. Dave your thoughts on this. Are you a, were you an avatar guy? Did you like avatar? I did I like the ride at Disney world. That
0: was, super yeah, cool. that's that's the ride at Disney world is fantastic. Um, I, I liked avatar. I thought, you know, it was, it was, um, it was cutting edge for the time. And I think that it really put the whole 3d movie experience on the map. And that was a movie that if you didn't watch it in 3d, it, it means something completely different to those of us who sat there and watched it in 3d and were blown away by the effects. Um, I think about. I think I told you when I got the trailer, when I when I posted it, is like uh, I'm still not exactly feeling this, but I will say this: that the white savior element of the original one does not seem to be anywhere near this movie, and that's a, an encouraging thing. I know, Pat, that's one of the issues you had with the first one. Um, not a white person to be found. It's all the Navi and and some con <laughs>
1: Because because Jake Sully took over the body That's of right. a Navi, he's still in the fucking movie. That's right, but he's anyway. he's
0: transitioned into now being one of the you know one of the one of them. So, um, I you know, and, and this looks more like a an so internal. Wait, now pro- you're
1: saying he's taking o- now he's saving
0: trans people. No, I did. I didn't. Say, wow. You said he transitioned. <laughs> he transitioned into hey. them. That does not mean he's transgender. But anyway, I look he's
1: trans species. That's it, what he is. Yeah.
0: Okay, I can live with that. But it does look like there's going to be a conflict between, you know, that this is a deeper story about the people on Pandora than than what we got the first time. So I'm I'm look, I'm going to go see it. I mean, let's be honest. I know you are. We're probably I are I'm going to go P. see it. Sonny
1: hold his head in his hands. I'm not going to go see that fucking try. You're not like no fucking I'm not going to go get preached to by three for three hours by James Cameron. I'm not going to do it. Ray, are you going to get preached to for three hours by James Cameron? And how much of that will you be awake for?
3: Well, very little, if you know me. Uh, <laughs> first off, I just think save, the could be
1: boring.
3: Oh, save us, Scarlett Johansson, by the way. Uh, since we we got a, we got a trans species person, call him Scarlet. She'll play the role. Yeah. Um, I'm one of the 4,622 people who've never seen Avatar at all. Could no you. interest. There's no interest because I don't it, I don't know anything. Of, I know like I get. It's it's basically fur and gully on steroids. So Wait, like that fur gully know.
0: reference somewhere in here. For the record.
3: You know what I didn't do that for the fun of fur and gully, like but that's really what it is, right? Isn't it?
1: Ray, Ray, you know what? Hold on a sec. Hold on a sec. You know what? <laughs> but don't get comfortable.
3: I deserve that. I deserve that. Uh, no, I, I will. I, I have daughters. They're gonna want to see it because it's pretty. I'm sure I will have to watch it. But it's it's out of respect for the fact that it's the highest gross movie ever. I'm sure I'll catch it.
1: Fair. Okay. I think I've dogged on Avatar enough. Let me dog on a movie I haven't yet seen. This is where I'm gonna get pre mad, Dave. I know pre mad.
0: I, I, I know this is this is your pre mad section here. Go for it.
1: It is definitely my pre-made section. We got our first full trailer for the sequel to A Christmas Story, which is actually the second sequel to A Christmas Story. This one called A Christmas Story Christmas. There is a... Have you seen the other one where like Ralphie tries to buy a car like and wants to impress a girl or something?
0: It's kind of like asking me if you watch Caddyshack 2 after comparing it to Caddyshack. No, I've not seen Christmas Story 2. I have no desire to ever see it. I think I sat through it once and, and lost moments of my life. I'll never get back. So yeah.
1: Okay. So anyway, so we got this new trailer. The big, the big thing about this has been that, you know, Peter Billingsley has been cast and returning uh, as Ralphie, Ralphie Parker. He is all grown up returning to returning home. Now I will say this about this trailer. It looks like they did their damnedest to bring as many living members of a cast back. Though I am a little su- surprised that they cast uh, Julie Haggerty as his mom uh, instead of I can't. I mean, I'm gonna actually have to look it up because I don't know who played it. Is the woman who played his original mother is she dead? Like is she still with us? I don't even gonna, know. Like keep I, going. I I'll, mad, I'll, look, I'll look it up. Asking the It does look like. You know he's he's returning home. They talk about his dad, which was a big focal point of the uh, the movie in the first one. Is that you know his his father and this Christmas that they're trying to, um, trying to get to just happen and work and and all the sort of stuff that led up to his quest to get a Red Ryder BB gun. You know he comes home and his mother is like, "I really want to try and have a, a great Christmas just like your father's." And so, sorry, go ahead. No, no, go ahead.
0: So Absolutely. Melinda Dillon played the mom. She's still alive. She's retired. She's 83 years old. Um, so maybe that's no, I, I fair.
1: Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, I, I can see that making sense. Um, but yeah, so that's really kind of kind of the thing is that, you know, it looks like throughout the trailer, you get a lot of nods to the original film. There's a lot of throwbacks. You know, they take their kids to the mall to go talk to Santa Claus and, you know, while they're, you know, it's still the Santa up on the big like mountain of Christmas stuff with the slide. So there's a lot of throwbacks and jokes. A lot of the kids from the original movie apparently are still in the movie. So it's just, there's a lot there that looks like it could be fun for me. I gotta be honest. I didn't think that I didn't think it looked good at all. Um. And that's not to say that I probably won't watch it because I have an idea uh, and I want to pitch to you guys uh, it, in in a couple weeks when we get done with Lock and Key of, of maybe reviewing some, some holiday fare um, as we as we get closer and closer to the holidays. But I don't know. It just it didn't. There was a certain feel to a Christmas story if you're a fan of it, and I didn't feel it out of that trailer. Dave, I know this is near and dear to your heart, so I'm actually going to let you go first
0: on this one. Yeah, I mean, Christmas Story is my favorite Christmas movie. It was on last night. I, I was like, wow, it's kind of early for this to be on. But um what I, channel was it on? I, I thought of the like, one, I don't know, but they had it on early. I, I don't know. And we sat there and watched it. And I was like, and they showed they put in a stuff for Christmas Story Christmas. And they're just kind of like feeding into it. Yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, you know, getting Peter Billingsley back is one thing. Like, I think I mentioned to you, it's like he's only 51. He doesn't look like he's aged that well. Um, And I hate to be, to call it, I hate to say that because I'm, you know, going to be 54 next month, but I'm like, well, I don't know, Pete, you look, you, you look like you didn't age so well, but there's elements of it that look interesting to me. And, and, you know, to me, it's like, can they capture in any way, the magic of the original, which is a enormously tall task to ask, but there's, there's parts of the trailer that I thought, this is fun. It, it's something that a lot of us who love a Christmas story have wanted to see for a while. I'm certainly willing to give this a, a, as much of a chance as I'll give. Well, more of a chance and I'll give avatar too. Um, you know, but yeah, I, I think I want to see, you know, like, like we said a couple weeks ago, like uh eight eight bit Christmas. We didn't think that that would be the, you know, resonate with us as much as it did. So I'm kind of hoping that let's see where this goes. There's elements of a shorts looks great. <laughs> he's, he's going down a luge run or whatever the hell it is. And that looks fun. So, We'll see. I mean, it, yeah. Without Darren McGavin, it's it's got a tall task to live up to the uh, the legacy of the original. But uh, I, I'm 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 curious to see how they do.
1: Ray, your thoughts?
0: So I mentioned this to
3: y'all last week, and it's something I truly believe. Christmas, uh, a Christmas movie or a holiday movie doesn't have to be good to be enjoyable. A Christmas Story is yep. the best bad movie you'll ever watch. It's a Horrible movie, but it's really good. I, no, to me, I think it's a. I, it, it's, can you boo? Is, can
0: you boo him, please?
3: It's enjoyable, but it's not.
1: For this is this isn't a, for, a, this isn't for me.
3: You know, it's bad when even Dave turns on me.
1: It is, it's it's kind gotten of,
3: it's a low point for you on the. I, yeah, yeah, I I don't. I, but there's nowhere to go but up. Um. No man, it's 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 not it's not a good movie, but it's an enjoyable movie because it's about Christmas. Um, You've so doubled
1: I, down on the worst take in all of Christmas film. Movies. Oh shit, that wasn't what I wanted to do. Anyway, go ahead, continue with your. <laughs> you got thing. worse than me. Oh god. Um. Anyway. Yeah, I'm gonna watch. Tony okay, t- you, you You're me. rubbing your hands together like you're ready to count some money or something. What's up?
3: What's up, Birdman? man?
1: He's cold. He's cold. Here's the thing. I, I got to remember how old you are, Ray. Uh, Because I do think there's something to that. Like that. This movie came out in 1983. Mm -hmm. Um, It. To me, the reason why it's so good is very much the, the Ralphie character. And that I want like this thing that I want more than anything. And when I was a kid, I too wanted a pellet gun or a BB gun of some sort. So everything about Ralphie made him a very relatable character to me. Uh, the ridiculousness—I mean, that's what you get in any any sort of comedy. So I think I think honestly, it's a it's a goofy comedy with some good heart. A lot of the things that happen there are dated because you know it's Ralphie talking about his childhood when he's in the fifties. Which does the time jump move it up thirty years? So it's taking place in the eighties, Dave? Because that would make sense.
2: It looked uh, like it. That's what that mall looked like with the Christmas thing. You don't see yeah. that nowadays. So I think we are right. back in the eighties likely. Yeah. It's 40 years ago. Right. Right. I mean, yeah, I, I think this thing. is, this is a great movie. I actually find myself watching it at least once cause it's on all the time, but I wouldn't necessarily want to watch this, you know, later version of what's happening, right. except I'll probably end up watching it a night where I'm home from a Christmas party or, early and there's nothing to do but sit down because I ate too much and have a glass of wine or something and it'll be on and I'll watch it and I'll go now's the perfect time right after watching the first one the original then watch that right away I think that would be interesting to do the reason why I don't like it and, and what I think I'm, I'm not looking forward to and the thing that I think resonated with a lot of people and why it was so big was the narrator you can't yeah. have the same narrator Gene Shepard is is long past, no, really I think, is. late 90, yeah. late 90s. So that is one gigantic difference to how this story was told. Would have been great to be able to hear that voice again. You, I know we mentioned recasting the mother, but all in all, I think it'll get a lot of views. It's on streaming. It's on Netflix, right? Uh, HBO Max. Yeah, oh, HBO Max. HBO
0: Max. Max. Right. November 17th, right? So, I mean, it's really yeah two weeks away.
1: A, an H, maybe an a HBO Thanksgiving Max. thing.
2: Mm-hmm. Watch uh, a Christmas story and then watch this one on HBO. HBO Max. I'm sure HBO and Max maybe, has to have the rights to the original Christmas story right now, too.
1: I think it's yeah, I think it's part of their their HBO Max rotation right now is the, Chris, the original Christmas is on there. Um, I've always I've always just watched it when it marathoned on TBS, but I think TBS is moving away from that marathon. They're That's doing stupid. a different movie well, Elf has become a marathon movie now. Like that's yeah, that's the other it. thing that's become a thing. Love like Elf. and I and everybody knows how I feel about Elf. Like you love which it. Which is so funny. I don't at all. Um, movie you've ever
2: seen. I know you I know that it's, that's it's, the opposite day. I appreciate your dedication. It's opposite an opposite. Day.
1: I'm gonna stick with uh it's terrible and I hate it and don't understand why people love like it.
2: Dedication. So opposite day dedicator.
1: I've sort
3: before because I know we're at we're at the end of the trailer park. All of us nope. now at this point have seen Black Adam, correct? Nope. We have okay. Well, there's a and, There's a Dungeons and Dragons, um, trailer. But since we haven't seen it, I, and I know we can't talk about it now, but I was really, really good curious
2: trailer. to see what really you good cast think
1: of that. I'll also go got see that back, movie, uh, in 3D. It also got it also got pushed back uh, a few weeks. That just got announced today because there's a funny meme. Uh, regarding the Dungeons and Dragons movie getting pushed back because it's very much what Dungeons and Dragons players have happened, especially adults. <laughs> like, it, it's like, like we, res- we schedule D&D games and then we reschedule. Like, that's our thing. And so everybody uh, has been posting the the announcement and being like, I feel seen right now. This is really <laughs> what we do. But, uh, yeah, I think uh, I haven't watched the new trailer. I know that there is a new Dungeons and Dragons trailer that, that, that has hit. I just haven't gotten to it yet um that's not by the way you guys i've said this a couple times like you guys can talk all the black Adam you want the the timing just has not been good for me to get to the theater to catch it um and it wasn't an appointment movie for me and i'll own that like it just it wasn't an appointment movie for me so we've talked plenty about it on
2: this show i don't know if ray has right right, right. on it that he wants to get off his chest but i was going to ask what is everybody's plans to see black panther I, I think I, I
3: showed y'all the picture, and, and you're I going Thursday. It. I'm go- the very first showing that the movie is shown. I'm going. I've taken the day off of work, and I'm going at three
2: fifteen that afternoon, three D, doing the Tunney style. Yeah, DP and I are going Saturday at noon, so one Eastern in three D.
1: I am going uh, Friday, November eleventh at ten forty-five a.m. Not somewhere.
0: in 3D. I have no idea because we will be in Las Vegas for my wife's firm. Uh, they're having a function over there, like a their very early holiday party sort of thing. But right. I'm thinking, so we're gonna, I'm thinking of trying yeah. to see it when we because we're going to be in Vegas like around four or five, something like that.
1: So I had planned to wrap the show talking about our expectations for Wakanda Forever, and so I don't want to keep that narrative now until we get to the end of the show. What I do want to do is take our second commercial break and get into some news around the nerdosphere. Todd, has got a finger. What do you want? What's what? Do you just got?
2: one thing. A member of the bandwagon. I know we're we're running a little. We're a little. Uh, we're good. We're good on time. Yeah, we're but good here, on
1: time.
2: Yeah. Aesop Mitchell is is wrestling for the Brew City Wrestling uh, heavyweight champion of the world uh, this Saturday, and DP and I are going as well. So I just wanted to plug that as a member of the bandwagon, and oh. then you can listen. You can listen to that pre show for that card. Tuesday afternoon uh on chairshot.com. Listen for the Frankie DeFalco show. Asap coming back to Bruce City Wrestling and wrestling for the world heavyweight title. So just wanted to throw that out there. A big plug for ASAP as shout
3: out to ASAP. I'm just sorry he has to lose to Roman. But shout out to ASAP.
2: ASAP? As soon as possible?
3: I'm I I am I'm a black southern man. We don't say words correctly. You know that.
1: That's true. All right. Well, and on that note, we're going to head into our second commercial break and then talk some news around the Nerdosphere before we get to our recorded commercials. Of course, it is my duty to remind you that if you enjoy the content that we put out on the Chairshot Radio Network every day for your Internet airwaves and you want to support us, the best way to do that is to help us get our name out there by heading over to ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash The Chairshot and investing in one of our mini T-shirt designs. You can't see him right now. But Raymond S. Cashington, the third Esquire, is repping the brand with the old chair shot logo shirt. I generally wear the bandwagon nerd shirt that you can also get on prowrestlingtees.com forward slash the chair shirt. Today I'm not. I'm going nerdy with my nice suit, Vader. Bet it costs an arm and a leg. Tony went nerdy with ducktails. Dave is just an old lawyer. So, anyway, we have all kinds of other great designs on there. By the way, that should be a shirt. Dave is just an old lawyer nerds. anyway you can get all kinds of other shirt designs whether it's chair shot logos shows sayings from our programs all those are there shirts are only $19.99 but you better get it fast rumor has it as inflation comes so will shirt prices $19.99 now's the time to do it if you're feeling fancy though and you want to get something that feels nice on your giblets spend a few dollars more get it soft style your body will thank you again we love putting this content out there for you each and every day on your internet airwaves. We want your support. We need your support. We love your support. And the best way for you to support us is to get our name and our brand out there by heading over to prowrestlingtees.com forward slash the chair shot. As Christopher Platt would say, please. And thank you. Thank you. And please when we come back, we're cover all kinds of news around the nerdosphere and Dave's going to get pre-mad. You are listening to bandwagon nerds on the Chairshot radio network here on
3: the this is your boy Kenny Killer telling you to make sure you check out the bringing you breaking news interviews podcasts galore everything pro wrestling make sure you check it out TheChairShop.com.
1: Welcome back everyone into the bandwagon Bandwagon nerds End of year 3 Heading into year 4 Got some news around the neurosphere to wrap up the show We're going to talk a little housekeeping Amongst the networks to get started with And the first one was a big news item That I think I can't remember if Dave or Ray shared it Um, I had seen the news breaking uh, And was Mildly sad by this But HBO announced this week That Westworld a movie that lasted way longer or a series that lasted way longer than I ever imagined it based on the Michael Crichton film of the same name would be canceled after four seasons. Now, I don't know if you guys kept up with this show. I thought it was an interesting, it was an interesting show in which in the future, there is this basically amusement park uh, where robot technology has been created has been advanced so far that they can create androids that basically are indistinguishable from humans. And they've created this world that uh, takes place in the old West where people can go on vacation and basically do whatever they want in their interactions. And it's kind of like a live action role-playing game. There's various little missions here and there that you can play while you're on vacation, or you can just be a, a holy terror or whatever. And like you can get into gunfights, you can do all this crazy stuff. And the robots can't ever hurt you um until they can. Like then that's basically the conceit of the movie and the series is that the tech the technology goes wrong, the robots become self-aware, start attacking the guests, and all hell breaks loose. The first season is terrific, is just terrific and is amazing and is really like a big mind twist where it takes place in a couple of different timelines. And it, you know, it reaches this conclusion at the end of its first season that it was very tough to follow up in season two, and then even more so in season three, where it just sort of felt like it got off the rails. Season four, I really liked it, thought it had got itself back on track. But I even said this when I watched the finale of season four that it was done in such a way that if that was the end of the show, it was okay because it could it had the feel. Of both a season and series finale. So when it got canceled. I wasn't really all that broken up about it. Uh, Guys. I don't know if any of you checked out Westworld. It is. You know. It's another one of those. It's on HBO Max. Tony. You raised your hand. How far did you get? Because you kind of nodded. You were like season one was great. But I I think the. I think the problem with Westworld. Is that it lost a lot of people. Season two and season three. And four couldn't get them back. I Season one, I really liked. I, I'm a
2: big fan of the Western genre and film. And anytime we can get something that's set in that era, that kind of, you know, uh, attitude, I, I really enjoy it. And it was fun to kind of watch these visitors to this place figure out the algorithm and the way things worked. I thought that was really special. And and the new stories they introduced, I thought they could have just stayed there for a really long time with a number of different things expanding the world. Once they actually teased the thought of and ended up going out into the real world with a lot of these creations, they really lost me. I got about halfway through season two. I don't even think my mom finished season three and she loves like this kind of sci-fi kind of thing. So being a huge Trekkie fan from, you know, being born in the late fifties. So it's just uh, it's just something that lost its thrill for me, um, but uh, I can understand where people stuck with it. It's a really interesting concept. The first season delivered big time. Great cast. Yeah, I,
1: it is. It's a terrific cast. It's a great show. And like I Ed, think you're right. Ed,
2: uh, Ed Harris, right? Ooh. Ed
1: Harris is the Man in Black. Um, Anthony Hopkins is in the first season as yes. the, the creator of the machines.
2: Yes. And that, it, the the it relationship between around. him and Ed Harris is probably one of the best things yep. in the movie
1: is it's very, very good. Dave, um, did you have a chance to check out any of Westworld? No, uh, you're shaking your head. No, I
0: haven't. I know you've mentioned it before and it's, it's something that I definitely would like to check out. So, but I have just not had a chance to do it. I've heard great things like you guys have said about season one and, and season two to a certain extent. And then it kind of got weird from there. So, um, but it's it's definitely I've heard enough good stuff about it that I would say yeah this is one that I would like to go back and and check out it's it's um kind of I, I yeah I mean mixed feelings about it ending at season four I heard like you were saying cliffhanger or choose your own adventure choose your own ending sort of thing in your own head right as to how things wrap up so
1: Ray, i what about you did you did you ever check out the show
3: I've not checked it out I've heard great things about it just like the rest of the panel um. The interesting thing to me about this is we know that the HBO or Warner Brothers discovery is something like two billion in a hole or something like that. Yeah. I know a lot of fans say that they had one more season in the books possible, and you're telling me that they could have ended at four, which makes sense. But this was an ultra expensive show with a extremely decorated and expensive cast. So, them getting the snip may not make sense from a creative standpoint, but it makes a lot of sense from a bottom line standpoint.
1: I, I would also, again, while that may be true, uh, and that may be part of it, I also think that the show wasn't commanding the audience that it did when it started. Uh, I think, I, I honestly think this is as much a viewership attrition and not part of those wave of the waves of financial cutbacks, because this was airing on, this wasn't an HBO, pro- HBO Max product, this was an HBO product. Like this was, this was purely, this was part of the HBO, um, HBO lineup. So a little bit of a different thing than a lot of the HBO max properties that were getting cut because of lack of viewership or whatever. So I, that's my pushback there. It wasn't getting watched. It just wasn't being watched. And I think the other thing you have to consider when we talk about expensive shows, they have an expensive show that is currently carrying the torch and, and doing quite well, and just finished its first season in House of the Dragon. Um, I didn't watch it. Uh, I've been hurt before by George R.R. Martin. And so while a lot of people love it um, and want to watch their weird, ancestral you know, royalty relationships, um, I, I'm just not down. But that, that thing is making bank for the company. So one silver lining, and the other reason why I would say this is less budgetary, the actors are still getting paid for season five. So that was, you know, that's, that's another mm. little news bit that came out of it is that while, and this came out shortly after, like the day after the announcement, Westworld may be over, but it's stars and creators are still getting paid. So if it was budgetary, yeah, you wouldn't would be paid. paying them for season five. Uh,
2: although so, maybe it's still just cheaper to not go through the, the expenses of making it and just to pay them off well we don't know what the contracts uh entailed either
1: i mean in fairness
2: because your guy's in- point if it's not a budgetary thing because they have to pay these people well it still can be a budgetary thing because either way they have to pay them but they don't have to make it that's where they can save the money and that might be why
1: the most expensive season for uh westworld was season three which was the one that sort of really was tough to stay behind and that one was around 10 million an episode for 10 mil, or for 10 episodes so 100 million dollars season 4 and season 5 were down around um 80 million
2: for- because they haven't made it yet right they haven't made season 5
1: so they're really and, and so in the long run they're out about 10 to 15 million dollars at the end so it is a drop in the bucket but people are still getting paid so, excuse me. All right. One show that is getting renewed that I am very happy to finally see that they've announced is getting renewed. Uh, is coming back to Apple TV+. One of my shows that I cannot recommend enough, if you have the service to go check out, is the Adam Scott-led vehicle Severance. Another science fiction film. Billed as a dark comedy, but it is not a comedy. And the more and more I watched it, the more it was clear this is not a comedy, uh, but it is officially being renewed for season two and has added a hell of a lot of big names to its cast, uh, including one Gwendolyn Christie, uh, Elias, Elias Shocket and Bob Babylon uh, are three that are on there. Ali uh, Shaka, she's on Arrested Development, uh, probably pronouncing her name wrong. Robbie Benson's in it. Uh, Just a ton of folks getting brought on for season two. Season one ended on such a great finish that I don't want to spoil it for people who haven't seen it. If you've seen severance, um, don't spoil it for your friends, make them watch severance. It's a great, it to me is right up there with Ted Lasso as a reason to own Apple TV plus. So I'm very happy about this news. Dave, this is another series I've tried to get you to watch Tony. I don't know if you checked it out. um,
2: I I I had it on my watch list and then I decided I wasn't watching anything on Apple TV and I canceled that subscription. So,
1: shameful sir. Yeah,
2: it, it looked interesting, but I have so many other things that I still haven't watched on the number of other streaming services I still have and pay for.
0: Robbie Benson. That name sounds familiar. Like Ice Castles Robbie Benson from back in the day or is this somebody different?
1: Um, hold on. I I just close the article after that so i have to that, reopen that's a it blast for
0: my younger days but i you've you've told me about the the show pad it's beauty it's and a, the
1: beast one-to-one those are the okay. the movies they have listed under robinson's name i oh. definitely
0: want to i mean yeah i mean i've got apple tv so i think um
1: <laughs> it's a slow burn of a movie i'm gonna tell you that our show it's a slow burn of a show it it really takes its time and really pulls stretch. john turturro is phenomenal in that movie as well, or in that show as one of the employees. It's it's great, great stuff. Ray Cash, get Apple TV Plus and watch Severance.
3: I have Apple TV Plus. Come on, I mean you talk about I know Apple you do. TV we talk to that last year all the time. Yeah, um, I've never watched Severance. It is on, literally saved in my list to get to one of these days. But speaking of shows on Apple TV Plus with Adam Scott, I need to come back. Give me Loot Season 2. If you haven't watched that, that is such a fun, hilarious show. I love my Rudolph. So shout out to Adam Scott getting that Apple money.
1: He knows what he's doing Apple really? Apple commercials or Verizon Commercials. I don't know what it is he's doing there, but he's he's a he's a hell of an actor too. I'm glad to see him get his due. I've liked him since Party Down and Parks and Recreation. So And it's it's
3: it's it's interesting to me. It's like the Adam Sandler effect that a lot of these comedic actors are much better dramatic actors than they
1: are almost comedic. It's true. It's true, very much so. All right, we're gonna skip
2: numbers. Tragedy six. is comedy.
1: Tragedy is coming. We're going to skip number eight on our list. Uh, we're going to skip the video game news because I want to get into some Marvel casting news and other rumors that are floating around. But well, let's start with this week seems to have been a big week for Agatha and the Coven of Chaos. For those of you who don't remember, Agatha Harkness, the antagonist in WandaVision, is getting her own show. She is running the Covenant of Chaos, and we got two big casting announcements from this. The first is Aubrey Plaza has been cast in as yet an undisclosed role, and Joe Locke has been rumored to have been cast as Wiccan. Now, I will admit I am not very familiar with Joe Locke. He's a young actor. I know he's on a series on Netflix that is making some good news, Uh, but Aubrey Plaza... That's a, that's a big time name. And she's really been out there lately. I, you know, again, parks and rec fan. I loved her character as April Ludgate, but she is one of those actors that will literally take any sort of boundary pushing role and, and go for it. She was in, um, Legion, the, uh, the X-Men, um, movie. And she was the, the antagonist in Legion as well. Uh but I've seen her in movies where she's a zombie. I've seen her. She's in um, White Lotus right now on HBO. So she is out there doing anything and everything. She is a hot name in Hollywood. This is a good hire. Uh, I'm interested to see who they're going to have her, who who she's going to be. Uh, and we can speculate that on a second. But, Ray, start with you this time. Your reaction to these castings, Joe Locke as possibly Wiccan and Aubrey Plaza being added to
3: Agatha Covenant Chaos? Well, one thing Marvel was going to do was give you fantastic castings and big names in those fantastic castings. So Aubrey being casted isn't a shock to me. They're seemingly going to go back to some of Agatha's roots with the coven and all the the, the uh, coven she came from and all this stuff. So Aubrey Plaza as a witch kind of makes a little sense. The bigger deal to me, with respect to Aubrey, is... We are assured now. I'm pretty sure most of us expected, but it wasn't. There was no concrete evidence yet, but we're assured now that we're going to get some form of Billy and Tommy in this universe as teenagers, young adults. Because they're the last people we're waiting for for the Young Avengers or the Champions. So knowing that we're going to get that officially is uh. I mean, it's a big deal to me because. And and for Wiccan in particular, he's such he's a big character because Wiccan and Hulkling get together and get married in the comics. So if if yep. Marvel's serious about its representation and trying to continue to go further, my boy uh, Brian uh, Tyree Henry, Fastos was the first uh, LGBTQ moment kiss in the uh, MCU. Go further and you actually have a goddamn wedding, like you're going to piss a lot of people off, but you're going to make a lot more people happy. Um, So they're at the point now in Marvel where a lot of the big stuff has been told, at least with the main characters. So now some of the smaller moments that I think can be linchpin moments when we think back on it, what they need to be pushing towards. And I think that is one of them. I'm here for it. I'm very happy with what I'm hearing.
1: Mr. Tunney, your response to these castings? Uh, I love it. I love Aubrey
2: Plaza. She's excellent. Um I everybody that they've thrown in here is I mean, I'm okay with Joe Locke, Ali Ahn, Um Emma Caulfield Ford is an excellent actress as well. Catherine Hahn is the one that everybody's just looking forward to, right? Be given a whole season and, and show basically to do her thing in this character because she was excellent. She was excellent as a like a villain and a foil for Wanda's plans in, in, in WandaVision. So I mean Think about all the things we were thinking about when we first saw Wanda meeting her neighbors, right? And Catherine Hahn was one of them. And then we didn't get to know who she was until, like, the stoplight stopped. Remember? So I'm, I'm really looking forward to the continuation of this story. I hope it's along the lines of something that was going on there. It looks like it is. And Catherine Hahn, to me, is such an excellent actress that I wouldn't be surprised if she was... A major player and whatever happens. I'm not saying she's an Avenger. I'm not saying she's a part of whatever big evil is coming to face the Avengers, but man, you'd like to see her in a role that either helps or hurts the Avengers down the road, considering how well, um, you know, she can play a role.
1: Okay. You make a good point, Dave. What about you? Your thoughts on these casting?
0: I, I think like, like Ray says, we know Marvel doesn't make poor casting decisions. Their track record speaks for itself. So, I'm like, great. I'm sure both of them are going to be excellent. I I I, I kind of like, like Ray was saying, the, you know, acknowledging the existence of Wiccan. And, you know, you look at what, you know, we've got Vision Quest coming. We already heard about that. So now it's like, okay, we've got Wiccan. When does Speed come into this whole thing? And, and who's going to be cast for that? So. Yeah, it's it's they're definitely you can see they're moving very strongly in the direction of Young Avengers and that not that there's any doubt about that but now you start to see they're they're pulling back the curtain a little bit revealing a few things here's a few details that are confirming some of what we've already suspected so from a casting standpoint I yeah I mean I don't think any of us have any qualms about who Marvel casts for anything anymore it's like okay if they think it's good if Feige thinks it's good I'm sure it is but it's the bigger details what the story that's being revealed that's where it gets interesting to me it's like oh okay we there's confirmation now we got to get the other half of the twins so yeah it's pretty cool
1: all right reverse order question for this one we'll skip tony cuz he probably won't be able to answer it who does aubrey plaza
3: play oh so m- my original thought is another another witch i can't think of another witch of consequence that would be in the coven she's not a witch uh
1: mystique mystique would be interesting here's the thing this would be really interesting actually dave do you have a do you have a speculation before i give you four possibilities
0: go go ahead man I'm, i'm looking at something right now
1: all right so number one she has been a villain in a marvel universe before if they brought her back as the Shadow King, which is who she was in uh, Legion, that would be, one, it would be a freak out of all freak out amongst fans who watched Legion and then are all of a sudden like, holy shit, Legion's now part of this. Because that's that's nuts. She could be Celine Gallo, uh, who is also a mutant, a mutant slash witch who has lived for thousands upon thousands of years. By absorbing the essences of, of of younger people, so basically she gets old. She she takes them over. Uh, she takes their souls, basically, and becomes young. She could be Hecate, literally the goddess of magic, um, from the the um, from the comics. And last but not least, Morgan Le Fay. Morgan Le Fay is an existing character Morgan in
4: Lefay the Marvel sense.
1: universe. Uh, ruler of the undead army. As everybody shows me pictures of Morgan LeFay. Well,
0: see um, in Marvel Strike Force, the Darkhold team. This is what I'm showing you guys. Is my Darkhold team? Yeah, Morgan's in there. So, yeah, I think if I had to yep. guess, I'd say Morgan would be a really solid choice at this point.
1: Tony, Tony clearly jumped onto Google and started looking <laughs> up. Uh, did you find an article? Flip off? And
0: if, if, so, if
1: and if I
2: got so if, here, you want it? the rest of them on this article before Ray. What about Hilda von Haight? Do you have her in there?
1: I mean, she could be. And she's a lesser-known character, which is one of Marvel's... Reptilla.
2: I think those are the Not only ones. That one at all. You, you mentioned all the rest of them that you mentioned are in this article, Patrick.
1: That's like I know things.
2: Yeah. Emerald. Although there's a couple, like, male characters almost on this list. Like Emerald Warlock.
1: I mean, they haven't been above flipping a gender and, or... And Nicholas Scratch. Yeah, yeah, no, no not, that I, that doesn't necessarily surprise me too much. So, they always, um, I'm I'm down, down right. with both of those though.
3: Yeah, look at Tony Masters. they happily for agenda, no problem. Um, right. If she's gonna play Morgan Lefay, which makes a a lot of the Legion idea is cool to bring everything canon, but if she plays Morgan Lefay, then we're getting the Midnight Suns. Then surely, don't you think?
1: It would make a lot of sense.
0: And, and I, and I mean, I know not, how that would make you feel. And it could lead into some stuff with apocalypse as well. You know, that there's some indications of that, but who knows?
1: I don't know. And it's all fun to do. Let's continue the speculation train though, fellas. Let's do it because it has also been announced that William Jackson Harper, if who most people would probably recognize from his time on The Good Place is Cheaty, uh the lovable philosopher character has been cast in Ant-Man and the Wasp quantum mania in a kind of a top secret, not disclosed role. We've had Ant-Man and the Wasp trailers and he hasn't shown up. And there is a lot of speculation. And this is the latest name to possibly be Reed Richards. Of the, Fantastic, of the Fantastic Four. Now, Ray, you're already shaking your head because you probably think he's Mephisto, if I if I were to <laughs> no, guess. No, we but. know
3: B- Sacha Baron Cohen is Mephisto. He's James right. Carlton, a.k.a. Modoc.
1: You think he's Moldock? Moldock. Um, okay. I,
3: I, I will say this. Please, America, world, forgive me. I would love to see a, a black man and a black family as Fantastic Four. They would riot. Okay. They would, mm. yeah. Would they no, there would be mass. The people I mean, be pissed. Yes, like I, I pissed the the likes of the likes that we haven't seen in years. They will be angry. They were mad but, at the bullshit one with Trank, and Johnny so Storm Michael was the stepbrother. Yes, Michael B.
2: Jordan, yeah. Right, so like... So if we're, uh, if we're talking about the them family? we're talking about, Ray, if we're talking about the them we're talking about, wouldn't it be better to piss them off if it was um, a black Reed Richards and a white Mrs. Mrs. Reed Richards? For the for the, for
4: the and sake then, uh, of watching and then things
3: burn, yes. But, but Marvel's... In, first and foremost, Fantastic Four is the one thing they have to get right. They have to. This is the one thing in years since phase one, that was, no, I'm sorry. Since black Panther, that they know they have to hit a home run. I'm talking grand slam shit. They got to, they can be, there can be no, and they have to because of the failures of the past two times. That is, there's a reason they're called the first family of Marvel. Right? So they can't, they can't, there can be no issues with this movie. And to do that and to possibly Maybe even mess up the bag. They can't do that, bro. Not with Fantastic Four. So while I would love to see it, and while Homie would be good at it, and I'm tired of the same old Reed Richards tropes anyway, it would be dope. But I just, I I don't think, like, Feige got some grapefruit size size balls, right? I don't know if he
1: got balls that big, bro. Ah, he made a talking raccoon famous. Like, I think he's. We're not Raccoon
3: public in this country.
1: (laughs) I I think he has the courage to do it. I think you're right. I think Modoc makes a lot of sense because we've heard Modoc's in the movie, but we haven't seen who Modoc is or what Modok is yet. I also think that we as fans tend to project castings based on characters that somebody's played previously. So chidi in the good place is an intellectual right like he's a smart guy he's a professor of philosophy he, he basically teaches eleanor the whole time which by the way interracial couple on a television show so i'm not saying I, I i think they'll be okay i uh i also think that i actually disagree that that's the home run that mcu has to hit when it comes to properties i argue it's the x-men uh, I think you can't fuck up the X-Men. I,
3: yeah, I I, agree. And, I You can't fuck up either. The difference is, you can look back and say, well, there were some good X-Men movies. Have sure. you ever seen a movie for Fantastic Four that you said was good? Is that
2: why? I didn't hate the original one. I didn't is that either. Why we're getting didn't Wolverine and Deadpool, because you can't go wrong with Ryan
1: Reynolds. What's that?
2: Is that why we're getting Wolverine with Deadpool? Because you can't go wrong with Ryan Reynolds, and this could be a that, way to kind of...
1: Well, it kind of exists know. outside of itself.
3: Right. And that truly seems to Yeah, like, but it's gotta connect to something, thing.
2: don't you think? Don't you no, think it's gonna, gonna truly connect to something?
3: A, that truly is a thing between Hugh and Ryan. Uh, I don't know. And Ryan saying, I've been trying to get you for 15 years. Come on and do this shit. So, and maybe
2: smart what, to do something where that's in a time period that reflects on something that we Let's let's,
1: let's bring this, let's bring this back to the Fantastic Four. Because honestly, like I I hear what you're saying about first family of Marvel, but I, I, I don't know that I entirely buy that. The fantastic four is a make the needle move family. Like from, from the perspective of the comics and the character, like I think the villains in the rogues gallery are more important to the fantastic four franchise than who actually plays the fantastic, the fantastic four are kind of boring in the comics. Like they are. Like, and and they're not altogether that compelling. That comic got canceled for a while. Like, and didn't hurt. Now it was done out of spite you by go. Marvel. That's why. Over it was Fox, on purpose. But did anybody sit there and be like, gee, damn it. Fantastic Four is gone? I don't, I don't think know, they people
3: aren't buying comics anymore like that.
1: But even just the characters not being in your digital format or whatever. I'm just saying. But the characters are I, in. There's
3: not a Fantastic Four, but the characters sure. are involved. Johnny Storm hung right. out with the Eternals for a minute. Valeria's out here doing crazy stuff. Nathan Richards almost destroyed the world like three times. They're around. Um, Thing is a member of the Guardians of the Galaxy. They're still around. Reed Richards is, sure. the, is the best new villain of the past 10 years as the maker. They're still doing shit. They're just not, a, the you don't see the one group.
1: All this is to say, I, uh, I, th- I think the X-Men are more important. I think the X-Men, because of how poorly X- everything from X-Men 3 on has been, like, I actually think there's more bad will with that than three bad Fantastic Four movies that spread out over 30 years. Like, that's the thing, is you know, 30 years, they've made three attempts. Um, the first movie did pretty well, and I, I whether you want to call it good or not, I enjoyed it enough to go see the sequel in the theater. So I would... I would have to argue that I thought it was a good movie or at least good enough. I think my biggest problem with the fantastic four film is that Dr. Doom doesn't wear the mask. Like it was back in that era. And is really a problem with some superhero movies and actors in general of like, well, we got to see their face.
3: Oh, which, man. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Right. It's like, come on, man. Like you can't, like you, you're the bad, like Dr. Doom is the mask. Like you can't walk around just being a smug, smarmy businessman and like that, that really worked. But well-
3: Dave is the other nerd here. Am, am I am I off base on what I'm thinking about the whole why How they weren't in the casting? So there, so of of I, seven actual X Men movies, i Am not counting the the spinoffs? I'd argue three of them were really good.
0: Well, X the first one, the second one were good. First Class was good. Days of Future Past is somewhere in the middle. Um, Dark Phoenix is trash. X Three is trash. Both of them. Both Apocalypse Dark is Phoenix. trash. Um, so maybe half. I I tend to agree with Pat. I thought the first Fantastic Four movie was fine, to use his terminology. I didn't hate Rise of Silver Rise of Silver Surfer either. The yeah, the abomination. Rise of Silver,
1: stop it, dude. Rise of silver. Fucking Galactus was a cloud. Well, that
0: yeah, that that part. I I mean, I like Silver Surfer. The rest of it was crap. But But um, got Lawrence Fishburne. I hate the fact that ray is right in this situation about about this casting but he is and i think the
1: uproar in terms of what they need to nail it or that it's
0: racist well i think it's going to happen about racism i I mean if you put a black man as reed richards with the fan outcry for john krasinski i think the blowback's going to be tremendous at this point and and that would concern me and i I know i know feige's guy Krasinski
1: doesn't want to play the role he's like, it doesn't matter. He's not going to be Mr. Fantastic, so...
0: They pay him enough. It, he will. He already on. has once, but... And, and he already was. Famous. Right,
1: and I, in a cameo as a one-off...
0: Yeah, play the I... Room? It's... That's hard, because it's like, I would love for them to say, screw it, and let's do it anyway, but I think, I think Ray raises a, a good point that that might be, you know... It's not on the... It's not on the same level as saying, let's cast I... a black man as Superman. It's not that, but... It does create some issues, and and I don't know if people. I,
1: I I think, I think that the outcry will be, the noisy social media few. Like I don't think this is so, like. I I disagree with you. I don't want to continue to believe. I don't want to believe this. They may. They may make a I statement. Think people are more ready for that than you think. They have already altered genders of characters. They have altered race of characters before. I think it'll Not the be same thing. okay. It'll be fine. Okay. I disagree with you. Um, and I don't, I don't want to talk in circles over it. Cause I, I think that one, I agree with you that I don't think that he's the guy that they've cast. I think that, that it's like I said, it's the projection of this is the type of character he's played in the past. So this is what we're going to Do project. Do you guys think now.
0: we get any nod of the fantastic foreign quantum mania? Nope.
1: Okay. Nope. I think it is. This is the, this is the problem with our culture uh, as nerds within this, the the timeline rollout is that the, the the group is never satisfied. Like we, it's true, right? Like you think about it, timeline gets revealed at Comic-Con and all people can do is be like, what's this, what's this, what's this, what's this? Why haven't we like, we get an, a movie announced six years in the future and we got people fucking demand like the fantastic four has been pushed back and people are demanding casting and directors and writers and they need these answers now you bitched on this program repeatedly because you didn't get trailers fast enough dave like it's it's part of the problem with with what marvel created and and i will say this this is a creation of marvel of kevin feige of the the just the timeline presentation, right? Like, you put that timeline up there and you see these names and these projects. And we just, we need more answers faster. And it's it's very, very frustrating. Uh, because I think that there, it's it's Veruca Salt from, from Willy Wonka. I don't care how, I want it now. And so we feel like we need to have these answers for a movie that's coming out in 2025. It's 2022. We got time. We'll find out. We'll know. it will be okay. Okay. That's cool. All right. But gentlemen, finally in the land of casting rumors, it's my time to shine as it has been announced that apparently Bob Odenkirk is in talks to be cast in the upcoming wonder man series. I personally think he should be wonder man, but we know that that casting isn't happening. So I, I will move on. I do love, uh, who has been cast as wonder man that is a a a a gray one but uh bob odenkirk ain't I great can't wait to hear my voice on the wonder man series have no idea what kind of role he could play probably an agent like if they do the wonder man actor bit probably an agent that would be my guess as i typecast him based on characters he's played
0: the article was speculating about that as well. It makes sense. I mean, when you really think about right. it, from the Better Call Saul kind of Bob Odenkirk to translating him into Wonder Man's agent, uh makes a lot of sense actually. So I'm just excited well, to now, see you now get you're doing you doing exactly paid, what, Patrick. You did. what you That's what I just want. Just
2: yelled at everybody in everywhere. Oh, I totally and, agree. A uh, nerd dub uh, at casting people for their previous experience. It's why what not we do. Cast them? Why not cast him for the guy who beat up all the people on the train when he was the whatever normal guy that killed everybody? How about that one? Why can't he be or... them? I
1: haven't seen that movie yet, so I, I can't really oh, speak to it. I... Oh, oh. It's fantastic,
2: by the way. Nobody's amazing. Is he Mr. Fantastic then, since it was fantastic?
1: Oh, that'd be awesome. Oh, I can geez. I can totally... Bob Odenkirk as Mr. Mr. Fantastic. Let's do it. Side view. Bob Odenkirk Side view. as
2: Patrick O'Dowd. I'm really just playing myself.
1: I'm one man um he's a hell of an actor though like you know and I, you know everybody i think from from better call Saul is re- is really where he i remember him from Mr. Show with Bob and David uh, on HBO which by the way you want to watch uh, a show that pushes some envelopes and some boundaries check out the old uh, Mr. Show with Bob and David on HBO Max it's out there good good shit um i don't really have much more than that other than it's my time That's, to shine i just wanted to share it
2: does Dave Cross right
1: yeah, Bob Odenkirk and David Cross, so, some some uh, some boundary pushing comedy to say the least.
2: Bob
3: Odenkirk, Bob Odenkirk is a fantastic actor, but I just think the more interesting story is that Yahya Abdul Mateen is basically two major people and two major, um the two major.
1: Uh, yeah, he's Manta. He's yeah. Black Manta and Aquaman. Now he's Wonder Man here in the Marvel and, Cinematic Universe, and, also, and I felt I like they be, did. I felt like they did him dirty in Aquaman too. Like I felt like he could have been a much more prominent character.
3: I don't know what that the movie's been changed so much. I don't know what the plan is with that. Um, although you would imagine him being still being a major part of the movie, but I don't know. Um,
1: oh yeah, you know, that's the thought. Yeah,
3: yeah, you know, and then since they said the legacy thing. There's the possibility of him passing that on to Calder or who's the new Aquaman. And there's a million different things, but I don't know about wonder man. So I'd be really curious to see how they play that out.
1: We talked about this back when they announced the show. I just want to know which iteration of wonder man we're going to get. Are we going to get the villain wonder man that eventually becomes a member of the West coast Avengers? Are we going to get the famous Actor, superhero wonder man.
2: Looking
3: that, like that.
1: that one is the that one that makes for sense for Bob
2: Odenkirk playing the agent. Right. I mean, that guy, if he's playing an agent. Yeah. To, right. I mean, that one makes sense. You can draw that line, I would suppose, but you know, who knows? Maybe if it's a evil, good evil Bob superhero, Bob Odenkirk
1: or something. Evil Bob Odenkirk. That that may have just become the name of the show. Um You're welcome. Yeah. I don't know. Okay. I, I I keep changing the uh, the rundown on you guys, but I had one other tweet that I debated back and forth as to whether or not to discuss because it isn't exactly sourced because uh, I searched all of Warner Brothers to find out if this was true or not and could not confirm it. However, there was a tweet that I shared in the Bandwagon Nerds uh, thread talking about a casting decision to replace Amy Adams as Lois Lane from the next Superman movie. With Dua Lipa and, they, and Ray is shaking his head furiously. Was it I could Dua not Lipa? What was the end of the No, it
3: was Dua Lipa. Dua Lipa, but both of them, both of them trash decisions.
1: Well, we here's the thing: is it's unsourced. Like I said, I searched. Like because I've I've gone through this kick, and I don't know if it's just because it's election season, and so like I'm, I'm really trying to keep a little bit more on top with like actual like tweets that have an article linked to it. This just says source Warner Brothers says Dua Lipa will make her acting debut in Man of Steel 2 replacing Anna Amy Adams as Lois Lane. Here's the other thing is as I was looking at this, I'm realizing this is a parody account because it's actually not discussing film as I'm reading this tweet, it's disbussing f- film is the Twitter handle. So I got got, but I wisely didn't put it in the rundown because it wasn't sourced when I searched it.
2: But you brought it up on the I'll show. Like, it's even worse.
1: Because it's fun. Who should if, if Amy Adams isn't coming back as Lois Lane, which I think would be a tragedy, because I think she's been a good Lois Lane, who would you who would you have be Lois Lane?
2: Well, who's playing Superman?
1: Henry, Henry Cow. Oh, okay. So what is Henry Cavill the
2: Forbidden Door for the brand new movement for the brand new DCU? Like I thought we were starting over, but apparently, like if Shinsuke can go to pro wrestling, Noah, anybody associated with Henry Cavill can come right on into the DCU. That was Would the most mean?
1: tenuous wrestling connection you've ever made on this fucking show. Like, come, on. tenuous at best. The last one, very thin, very very thin connection you fucking potster think about it though think about it though what do you like
2: if amy adams is there for that then when superman gets involved with black adam and batman gets involved ben affleck comes back too right i mean do we still who's playing lex Luthor then i mean like there's a lot of good casting that was done in those movies if you like the movies or not that would move forward, but oh, come on, Patrick, stop it!
1: Oh, I hate, I hated J- Jesse Eisenberg your, as hey, Lex Luthor was one of the reasons. Save your
2: for Wonder Man, okay?
1: No, I'm just uh, saying Jesse Eisenberg as Lex Luthor was one of the reasons I disliked Batman really? versus Superman very much. So casting. I, I hated him it. as I Lex loved Luthor. I
3: the casting. I loved the way he played the role. Loved everything. This is him.
1: why Ray and I fight on the show all the time. Because we can't even see eye to eye on who Lex Luthor should be. I thought he was terrible. I think that uh, also that
2: Kevin Spacey thing. was terrible. Kevin Spacey is terrible period. Um, is, it, but, It's but, the most, oh, yeah. the most interesting thing I think it, it, moving forward with the DCU is what is going to be kept and what is not going to be kept. And, and, and that's just, to me, it's like, Oh boy, who's going to show up and is it going to be the, the, the original Becky Connors or is it going to be the new Becky Connors?
3: I know she's, she's, she... Probably aged out of the role a little bit, but if we're going on looks alone. Catherine's zeta Jones would have been a perfect look, perfect actress to play close lane. Just on looks alone.
0: Well, Margot Kidder, Margo Kidder's dead, so we can't use her anymore. Um, <laughs> Christ, rather you make
1: the wrestling references. Jesus, man, at least that's Go a ahead.
0: Superman reference. I mean, it is, it is Superman from you the You got past. that, you do that going for you. I, I mean, I like, I like Amy Adams' portrayal as well. I hope they are able to bring her back.
2: Mila Kunis would be an excellent Lois uh, Lane.
0: Mm. It's an interesting. And community. then
2: Ashton, and then Ashton Kutcher as Lex Luthor. That is really drawing Nude is on the right. some... right. seriously. Think about thing. it. <laughs> Could you imagine if Ashton Kutcher shaved his head? Like, oh come on! Oh I... no, hold on, hold on.
3: Hold on. As much as I love Jesse Eisenberg, and I know you, you hate that. Just give me a second. If we're going to go by the most popular iteration of Lex Luthor, Clancy Brown on, on the animated series, Lex
2: luthor got to be black, right? Because Clancy Brown was a black dude. Tell me he wasn't.
1: Yeah, you, well, yeah you're, right. you're like right. I was I'm a sure black Lex Luthor.
2: Dave. Dave, who played Lex Luthor in Smallville? He was pretty good.
0: I don't know. Gene Hackman's always going to be my Lex Luthor. I mean, that's just that's. Oh, he mean.
1: he retired from acting after Moose, Welcome to Mooseport. So well, yeah. We're, we're we're done. We're done with
0: that. He ain't coming back. Like
1: How it's was like when first? Sean Connery quit. What
0: you know? Who I would wouldn't mind seeing you as Lex Luthor? Luthor? Anthony Starr. Give me Homelander as Lex Luthor. That might that be wouldn't fun. be a bad that wouldn't be a bad. He's he's. I can he, see that. Yeah. How
2: about an older Lex could Luthor? If we could have um, uh, what's his name? Uh,
1: Shit. Denzel Washington. John Malkovich. I'm here for it. But, John Malkovich.
3: Okay, John Malkovich can play anything. I don't care what nobody says. If you, I know you guys haven't seen, well, uh, David May, Dave May has, because I know he watches Titans. I don't think you, uh, Pat, and you do. But Lex Luthor. Believe it or not, believe
1: it or not, I've
2: added to my watch list. How about a bald, Look. black, stoned Lex Luthor, Dave Chappelle? Wow! Oh. All oh,
3: oh, you Superman. motherfuckers are going to oh.
1: die?
2: You're
3: killing me, baby!
1: Samuel, oh. Can we get 500 500 500 500 500. 000, 500. Samuel L. Jackson is Lex Luthor? Sam Jackson is Lex Luthor. This, conver- this conversation you is dead. You
3: motherfucker.
1: Yeah, that's hilarious. This, we, we, have, we, have, we have definitely gone well past the tipping point of this bit of speculation. All right. Dave. I mean, Dave, Dave is going to get a little pre-mad now. Because... And I say Dave's going to get pretty bad cuz he he shared the story and then was like kill me now.
0: When oh, Ray um, Ray, short, Ray shared the story and oh Ray, and, Ray Aesop and I were like it. fuck.
1: So the Russo brothers and Joe and Anthony Russo gave an interview one where they said they wouldn't be touching a Marvel property for like 10 years, which who could blame them? They really did sort of pour their lives into a couple of little Marvel films that uh probably required a, a Herculean effort if you will. Uh, but they did also talk about. See what I did there, by the way. Herculean effort. I tried for you guys. They did talk about their upcoming Hercules film, and basically, I, I don't. I'm trying to understand this. So they're producing a live act. This live action adaptation of the 1997 Hercules animated film for Disney. Guy Ritchie is directing it, and basically, what they what they said is that they are going to be drawing heavily with the screenplay from TikTok culture. First of all, I will be completely transparent in being an old caveman and stating straight up for the record, I have no idea what that means for a movie. Like, I have no idea what that means for a film, how you make that a movie, what that's going to be, other than if they're doing like a modern retelling of Hercules, there are TikToks out there. Like Hercules is making t- TikToks of his feats, of things that he does. I don't know. We could be also reading way too much into this. But it's It's going to be a musical. There are questions about how you translate it as a musical. Russo says, audiences today have been trained by TikTok, right? What is their expectation of what that musical looks and feels like? That can be a lot of fun and help us push the boundaries a little bit on how you execute a modern musical. So when I read that, it doesn't read so much like they're making a movie with like like of, of like TikToks, so much as they're looking at what is attracting the attention of the younger audience, the people who really love TikTok, and drawing on that pull and appeal to inform their movie. And how they make it. Now that I've said all that. Dave you're like chewing on your hand here. Like you got the, you got the fist of a ring. Like Sunny in the God. Just a bit. Let it out. Let it out. This is a safe space. Well except for Tony. Tony will make fun of you. But it is a safe space.
0: Um, for me personally look. TikTok great for what it, TikTok is great for what it is. But for this. I, I dislike the Disney live action remakes. I dislike musicals. Now you're going to give me a TikTok element on top of that. Uh, I don't, I, I, yeah, it is pre-hating it. It's just like, it's like a combination of all sorts of things that I just don't give a shit about, you know? And I mean, I like TikTok videos exactly for what they are. Short, easy to access, kind of funny, not so serious, that sort of thing. But for Disney to the Russos to draw inspiration from TikTok for uh, Hercules remake is, yeah, I'm I'm concerned. I'll say I'll say that. So Ray, you shared the article. What do you think? I did. You're going to hate me. You're going to hate me so much. You're here for it. Yeah, I think it's
3: genius. Two tell two reasons. Number 1 the easiest reason is if you want to reach the masses, the masses are TikTok fans. The masses are people who like that style of that medium, if you will, of viral uh moments and 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 storytelling so to make a movie essentially about a kid who's trying to find his way as the person he's supposed to be adult superhero guy and to tell that story through the the, through the guise of some form of a tiktok ish story i think is genius storytelling. number one number two in every form of facet of of history since we've had some form of media when they realized there was something new that they could use the first person to try that was thought of as stupid you don't think homies back then in the 20s and 30s were like what's this color shit stupid give me my black and white back sound why do we have sound why do i see pictures to the radio i don't like that so it's always been 3d Watch 3D. I just want to see records. It's always yeah, I something think different. Moving,
2: I think moving pictures in 3D are more apropos than black and white to color. Color was just <laughs> an advancement on an already said creation. You're talking about using a mainstream medium inter, and, and to bring back something from before, right? Well, I'm just talking about the next evolution,
3: right? HDTV for us is normal now. It wasn't normal 10 years ago, right? So I just think the next evolution of something, the first person to do it, the first time someone does that, the first time that's the norm, people are, are concerned or curious about it. How many people...
4: Got
1: the hands. Of- Sorry about that. Oh. Pay no attention to the streaming service in the background.
3: <laughs> no, I, I thought that um, no, nobody... When HDTV, for, HDTVs first came out, they weren't a big seller. Now you can't buy a TV. That's not HDTV, right? So it's just, I just think that, while I'm not saying that the world is going to turn to TikTok, but that is the most popular medium of our time right now. So to use that in an idea of flipping it to express an idea or a story, I think is really, truly genius.
2: I agree with you, Ray. I, I think I think we just disagree in one small thing, whereas I think using TikTok is using a different medium. And some of the examples you gave were an enhancement of the same medium. Like this isn't an enhancement of that. It's just an enhancement using a different medium.
3: Right. I think it's still an enhancement because the, the But, the, but the, it's a the different way, you... way
2: because this one is a different medium you're using to tell the story. Whereas like, hey, you went to a theater and you watched actors do a play. Then there was moving pictures. Now there's the rhythm of TikTok telling the story to you in an HD kind of way. Like, it's an advancement as well.
3: Sure, but you are ignoring that. I literally said every change from radio to picture, from picture to color, from co- like anytime there's right, any and I'm saying, type of change.
2: Yeah, I got you. We're saying the same saying some of them are in their own. Some of them are in their same category, though and
3: uh, tiktok is in the same category of a movie because it's still storytelling through um through this through that medium it's just instead of a phone instead of it being 20 30 40 seconds you i know? think
2: it's a style
1: okay okay we'll yeah yeah i i don't know that i'm worried about this too much uh until i actually see it i I also want to remind, and we've talked about this on the show, with these Disney live-action remakes of their animated films. Dave, what have we said about these movies time and time again when it's come to who is the audience for this movie?
0: Kids. Young people,
1: mostly. Are you a kid, Dave? No.
0: This is not a movie for me. I freely admit that. (laughs) And the technology they're basing this on is that, yes, I watch TikTok videos, but I'm not going to relate to it like... For instance, your son Pat or my kids who are in their eighteens and teens and twenties, you know, that sort of thing. So I freely yeah, I, I freely own that, that this is not for me, and that's fine. I do
1: think the little doubt is the litmus test test for me as to how how this movie gets received. So we'll we'll just have to wait and see. But uh I think it'll be okay. I think the movie it's an interesting choice. I don't know what it'll do in terms of money. Um but you won't really know until we actually see it on the screen. So this does feel like a risk, but it's Disney. So is it really that big of a risk? Because Hercules did moderately well. People remember the animated film fondly, but in the annals of like big time moneymakers, like it it did fine, but it, it wasn't it didn't make Lion King money, it didn't make Beauty and the Beast money, or you know, those sort of early to mid nineties results. It was kind of on the backswing. With uh, like the Mulan's and the Pocahontas's and and so on, so we'll just have to wait and see. All right, this week I talked about it earlier in the program. We're gonna talk about it now. Black Panther: Wakanda Forever uh, hits theaters on Wednesday, uh, as is that's kind of the new thing now. It's really interesting, or Thursday, like all day, uh, which has kind of become the new thing. Like theaters, it used to be in theaters Friday. You would do. Midnight showings at, like, 11.59 on Thursday night. They've now said, fuck it. Opening weekend now starts on Thursdays. And there are showtimes throughout the day on Thursday. I think some of you are seeing them. I'm seeing it on Friday morning, like I said, at 10.45 a.m. We are definitely going to talk about it. We're going to react to it uh, as part of the season premiere, if you will, Dave, of Bandwagon Nerds. So if Dave doesn't see it, we're going to spoil it for Dave, but what are we looking for out of this movie? Cause I, I think it's going to be based on what I've seen in our reviews and just based on what I think is going to be the reality. Think it's, going be a, it's going to be an emotional movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, I absolutely, you know, they have not shied away with the passing of Chadwick Boseman being very much a central piece to this film. Um, as you know, it's the passing of T'Challa and what is that going to mean? Uh, but outside of that, which I think is something we was going to think, what are we looking for from Ryan Coogler's second Marvel Cinematic Universe effort? Right.
3: Three simple things. Two of them I, we know for sure he's going to do. One, give me emotional closure to the story of T'Challa, right? Because with this happening, while chat, this happening between movies, T'Challa being dead without us seeing him die. I need the closure for, for Chadwick, but I'm, so, I'm also going to need the closure for the character, so it's got to make sense. Two, who the Black Panther or Black Panthers are, and it needs to make sense. Even if it is Shuri, make, her, make it be earned in the movie. Three, the one that I'm not sure that they're going to do, but Feige, I, that's a thousand. I want to see what the future of the mca mcu is going to be in, involved in this movie so every mcu movie has something that wasn't expected in it that's going to be relevant in future iterations of movies even if it's something small the introduction of a uh, of a of an infinity stone a joke that turns out to be the basis of an entire movie 7 years later just something that connects me in the future, and it doesn't have to be a post-credit scene. Just something, even if it's just Teglocon, uh the New Atlantis. Something. I just I'm I'm I need to go ahead and let this be closure for me, and then when we ramp back up for whatever's next, I'm f- full on board, and I want hopefully something in this movie will be the vehicle for that.
1: Uh, Tunny, what are you looking for out of this movie? I think
2: the way they're going to continue to tell the story between the Wakandans and the Atlanteans, Namor coming in and being a big, huge part of it. Um, could that be the connection to the X-Men? Could it be already this weekend coming up here um, or something, you know, like, is that he, the whole scene?
3: He, that, that he has been announced as mutant.
2: So I, I'm looking forward to, it's just going to be good, man. They just, they're, I believe in this movie being really good more than almost any other movie I've gone to see. I just don't think they can miss here. I think they know what they're doing. Um, and I'm looking. It's going to be good, man. We're all going to enjoy this. We're going to be talking about how good this is next week and how big the the critic and fan appreciation is. It's going to be one of those things where we're all going to like what we get. Call that right now.
1: What about you,
0: Dave? Um, I, I, you know, like Ray's saying, the emotional aspect of it, it's going to be, it, it's, it's going to be an emotional movie. I, I like what Tunney said as well. The relationship between Atlantis and Wakanda, which is massive in the comic books, and now we're finally getting it here. I think Namor might be a bigger character than any of us are anticipating, and, and that's, I'm cool with that. Isn't it? This is the end of Phase Four, right? This is the end of Phase Four, if I'm remembering. Uh... For... Is is Ant Man? Is Quantum Mania oh. the beginning of Phase? I five? thought
2: Quantum Quantum yeah. Mania was the end of Phase Four. Maybe, I maybe.
0: I think the one thing that I'm wondering, and I hear lots of there's lots of rumors. You know, you can listen to rumor mill. It it might be more likely that we get a, a Fantastic Four or Doctor Doom tie in in this movie at some point than it might be in Quantum Mania. And there's a lot of rumors and and speculation that Doctor Doom is going to make some sort of appearance in here i don't know it'd be a cool place to bring them in it might make it make more sense in quantum mania maybe but uh um, yeah i i tend to agree with tony that it's going to be a very well received movie all the reviews so far are been very strong marvel is what i love about marvel distinguishing them from warner brothers and dc is they don't shy away from letting reviews out there early and they get it out there because they don't they, they know it's good and and this movie seems like it's um you know, for all the complaints and bullshit that phase four has gotten from the misinformed, uh, this one is going to write that ship very quickly. So I'm, I'm definitely well, looking forward to it.
1: So in terms of movies, according to what I'm seeing here, black Panther, will kind of forever is the final movie in phase four, technically guardians of the galaxy, the holiday special will be the ah, last like, can't wait for that. Uh, yeah, that looks adorable. Um, and I'm not even like, not in a facetious way. I think that just looks like a lot of fun. I don't know if you know what I'm really looking for. Uh, I'm looking for a serious, a more serious tone to a Marvel film. I think um, I saw this a little bit and I think there's something to it that there's been in, in some folks minds the last couple of efforts have had a little too much funny uh, to the MCU. And I think Thor love and thunder was a good example of kind of leaning too far into the funny um, to a point where it took away from the movie a little bit. And, you know, they've shown clips. I don't know if you've all seen the clip where where uh, they're in it, where we are introduced to Riri. Uh, but there's humor there. But, but, and it's not to say that Marvel films haven't always had an infusion of humor. But at some point, you you got to turn the stakes a little bit and this feels like the first movie to really sort of turn our attention and up the stakes and and, and get into some, some heavier for marvel some heavier material. And I you know I think right, I I literally just rewatched Black Panther before we did this show today. Uh I oddly enough I went on to I went on like a little bit of a Black Panther kick this morning. I rewatched Civil War which by the way Cap is still right and then I rewatched uh Black Panther right after it and don't think I'm gonna do Infinity basically I wanted to watch all the Chadwick Bozeman Marvel films and still have a little bit of time to see uh Infinity War and uh and Endgame where where you know we see his you know him in his prominent roles. And uh and that you know the tone of Black Panther was a, a good balance between the the fun of the family that T'Challa was raised in between him and his relationship with Shuri and his mother and the, the burden of responsibility to his family and his nation and his people um, with the fun of a Marvel film. And so I think Ryan Coogler will do us, you know, I think one of the reviews I saw, somebody says, you know, the first five minutes got me a little the last five minutes got me a lot or something like that. And, and so I'm really interested to see what that's going to be. I think this will make well over $200 million. Um, and, it, and it's and like, I think it's going to, it's going to crush it. Uh, and I think it's going to be one of those that people will repeatedly will, will see more than once. So um, I'm ready for that.
0: Funny. Tuddy, Tuddy's ready for a new quarterback. That's what Tuddy, he's ready Tuddy, for. He's
1: what he said. Um, all right, gentlemen. We've come to the end of three years on the bandwagon. Well done. We're going to wrap this episode up. Before we go, just a little raise your glass to us. Three years. Whether it's a real glass, a phantom glass. Tony, Tony's all sad. Come on now, drink, drink up, drink up, drink your beer, drink your beer, Mister Running Count on Saturday. Um, don't tell, don't talk to me like you weren't posting gifts of how many drinks you were. Consuming during uh during One, I, yeah,
2: two Five I was years.
1: three I was
2: I, I was I, challenged.
1: You were challenged. All right. We're gonna get out of here before we go. Let us go around the table, around the bandwagon. Tell everybody where they can listen to you on the chairshot radio network as well as follow you on the socials. This week we will start with the Reverend Ray Cash.
3: Again. Cash Cash Country. That's right. I'm waiting for it. <laughs> I'm About to get it. okay nope. Um no boo today.
1: No you get, <laughs> you, I booed I booed enough today. Well I appreciate that.
3: Um I uh can be found on uh... one for me. I mean the news coming, but still thank you for Did
1: you though? Did you I though? Did. You
3: were all thankful. You're, okay. you uh-huh. you're never gonna take not take a moment right. to boo me. That's just not gonna happen. I
1: mean,
3: um, I'm not going, to, not going to believe you. Rys and Mysterio, dollars, and you know, listen a couple times on Chairshot.com. You'll hear me a couple days a week.
1: Mister Live Studio Audience, PC Tunney needs a new quarterback.
2: I don't follow me at PC Tunney, Chairshot Radio Network, STs.com forward slash Chairshot, email at it's me DPP.
3: Aaron Rodgers for Justin Fields right now. Who says no?
2: Everybody in Green Bay.
0: <laughs> David Ungar. You can find me on Twitter at attitudeag, that is at Attitude A-G-G, and Facebook.com slash Attitude of Aggression.
1: And you can follow me on the Twitter at Wrestling Realist, that is at W-R-E-S-T-L-N-G-R-E-A-L-I-S-T. You can listen to me every Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday on the Chairshot Radio Network, Monday here on the Bandwagon Tuesdays with David Ungar for Shot Radio, and Wednesdays with Greg DeMarco on The Greg DeMarco Show. Thank you, everyone, for three great years of nerddom. We really appreciate all of the listenership, all of the responses, the critiques, the love, the hate. We enjoy every second of it. We appreciate you. You keep us going, and I hope you've enjoyed the three years that we've given you, and I hope you are ready for many, many more. That's going to do it for this week's edition of Bandwagon Nerds. Now get yourself out of the basement, get some sun, and get ready to get emotional with Wakanda forever. You have been listening to Bandwagon Nerds here on the Chairshot Radio Network, part of the ChairShot.com. Three is a magic number.
4: Yes, it is. It's a magic number. Somewhere in the ancient mystic trinity, you get three as a magic number. The past and the present and the future, faith and hope and charity, the heart and the brain and the body give you three as a magic number. It takes three legs to make a tripod or to make a table stand. It takes three wheels to make a vehicle called a tricycle. Just don't freeze
3: when you see her. What are you talking about? I never
4: freeze. A few moments later. Nakia. Hi. Hey. Did he freeze? Like an antelope in headlights.
1: <laughs> are you finished?
4: Just because something works doesn't mean that it cannot be improved. You
3: are teaching me. What do you know? More than you. I can't wait to see what kind of update you make to your ceremonial outfit.
4: Jory! Sorry, mother. My
3: king. Stop it. Stop it.
4: You sure it's a good idea to take your ex on a mission? Yes. The real question is, what are those? (laughs) Why do you have your toes out in my lab?
3: But you don't like my royal sandals? I wanted to go old school for my first day.
4: Yeah, I bet the elders loved that. (laughs) Not that hard, genius!
3: You told me to strike it. You didn't say how hard.
4: I invite you to my lab, and you just kick things around. Well, maybe you should Eh? make
3: it a little stronger. Hey, You're recording.
4: For research purposes. You need that footage. Hey, what was that? Don't worry about it. You're doing great. Should we
1: bow?
0: Yeah, he's a king. It seems like I'm always thanking you for something.
3: <clears throat> what are you doing? Uh, we... we don't do that here.
5: Evacuate the city. Engage all defenses.